You're listening to the Northfield Radio Program, where faith, family, and culture all collide with the biblical worldview. There is a war that's raging for the hearts and the minds and the spirits of men and women. And you and I, as Christians, are on the forefront of that battle. The question is, what will you do? To find out more about the Northfield Radio Program and Caleb Gordon, go to www.calebgordon.com. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty, for there will be people who are lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and having an appearance of godliness but yet denying the power. Friends, welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. Uh, I am your host, Caleb Gordon. So excited that you're here with us today. Um, I just want us to take some time this morning and, and just digest what's happening in the world in which we live. Um, there is so much insanity. There is so much, lack of a better word, really, is, is just wickedness. Um, let's, let's start here. I mean, we're, we're coming off the heels of almost four months of being on a lockdown. I mean, we've got people that have been in their homes with, uh, over the fear of the virus for, for months. And, and we're just sort of kind of coming on the end of this summer's now here. And we're seeing, uh, an increase of people going out and, and being a part of, you know, back to quote unquote, life is normal, but there's still so many churches that are not even, opening their doors. They're still just only meeting online. There's still just a lot of things that are taking place that are um, just, people are just heavy hearted. And then you you couple that with what's happened in the last, what, four or five days um, over the the death of George Floyd. So here's where I want to start. What happened to George Floyd is wicked, heinous, and evil. It is absolutely unacceptable. It should not have taken place. Um, it is a sign of the, of the world in which we live, the sin uh, that is that is infecting the world in which we live. Um, but I will also say this: um, what has taken place as a result of his death is not right. Uh, the the violence and the riots and the burning and the destroying and the taking of other human lives over this is not right. It's not right. Now, I'm all, I'm pro um, protest. I mean, think about it. The Protestant Reformation was a result of protesting Martin Luther nailing the 95 thesis on the Catholic church door. It was Martin Luther's protest against the Catholic church. He said, this is no, this is not right. This is not biblical. This is not how we should be living. So I'm all for protests, but I am not for um, destroying property, destroying businesses, hurting other people. I'm, that is that doesn't work. Like it doesn't work historically. Think about historically how riots have gone in the past. Um, a, a social injustice happens, and then we say, okay, we're gonna. Uh, that's it. We're done. We're gonna go fight this thing. And we go. They go. People go burn houses, burn buildings, and nothing changes. Why? Because the problem is the heart. 
The heart is deceitfully wicked. The heart is sinful. The heart is broken. The heart is um, longing for sinful behaviors. There has to be a heart transformation in order for there to be a life transformation. If that police officer who had his little knee in the back of George Floyd's head knew Christ on a personal level, I can promise you he wouldn't have done that. He would have shown restraint. He would have shown mercy. But because he doesn't know Christ, he is a man who is, at his core, wicked and depraved. Period. So how do, how do we fix this? The gospel the gospel of Jesus Christ has to be proclaimed. This is a time where churches need to be boldly proclaiming the biblical gospel. It has to happen. It has to take place. And if it's not taking place, that's that's going to be part of the problem. That's going to be a huge issue in the world. And we can't we can't just say, "Okay, we're going to go burn some buildings and expect there to be real change." There will be no real change just by going to burn buildings, shooting people, looting and rioting and stealing. No change will happen by actively breaking the commands of God. When you break the Ten Commandments, stealing, murdering, um, coveting other people's property, that's breaking God's commandments. As a result of breaking God's commandments, there is a, there is a word for that. It's called condemnation. For the wages of sin is what? death. Sin is breaking God's law. So when we actively break God's law, we will be bringing sin, or I'm sorry, sin sin is actively um, exposed and it's going to be punished. It has to be punished. Now, what's the answer? I I believe the gospel. Uh, This week, John MacArthur shared a little clip, a little real quick message uh, a, a timely word for tumultuous times. And so I, I wanted to share that little clip with you guys and just I hope that this um, really spurs you on and encourages you. So here we go. Well, we welcome you again to a live stream service this Sunday morning at Grace Community Church. And we have now for a number of months been in this same condition of being unable to meet as a church And we have seen the effect of a virus, a virus that has had a massive effect on our lives, doesn't affect everybody personally, but it has extended itself to affect all of us. We have seen what a physical virus can do. In the last three days, we've seen a far worse virus, sin, and what it will do when unleashed. And that virus affects the whole human race. It's indiscriminate. And at a time when we would all admit that we need medical people to take care of the COVID virus, There's no particular interest, apparently, for those who are appointed by God to take care of the spiritual virus of sin. This is the worst of all times for churches to be shut down. Going back in the history of our church, I remember when one of the massive earthquakes hit Southern California, how our church was filled with people and many 
came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So we are seeing a far worse example of the deadly reality of sin. The wages of sin is death, and the only hope is salvation in Jesus Christ. Faithful churches continue to give that message, and we trust soon they will be havens for those people not so much bound by a physical and passing virus, but those bound eternally in the virus of sin. To begin our worship, Psalm 5, "'Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my groaning. Heed the sound of my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. No evil dwells with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all who do iniquity. You destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the man of bloodshed and deceit. But as for me, by your abundant loving kindness, I will enter your house. At your holy temple I will bow in reverence for you. O Lord, lead me in your righteousness because of my foes. Make your way straight before me. There is nothing reliable in what they say. Their inward part is destruction itself. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Hold them guilty, O God. By their own devices let them fall. In the multitude of their transgressions thrust them out, for they are rebellious against You. But let all who take refuge in You be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. And may You shelter them, that those who love Your name may rejoice in You. For it is You who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as with a shield. This is the Word of God. Let's bow in prayer. Our Father, we pray that Your Word would go forth with power. The Word is alive and powerful. It is the most powerful reality in existence. It alone can cure the deadly virus of sin through the work of the Holy Spirit producing repentance and faith and belief in the gospel. Lord, this world desperately needs Your truth, Your gospel. It needs faithful churches. If we could be selective in our prayer, we would say, restore the faithful churches and not the unfaithful ones. Restore the places where the truth is proclaimed. Restore the places where the gospel is preached. And even today as we express our worship to You, and even as we turn to Your Word to see that the one great objective in life is to love the Lord Jesus Christ with all our hearts, may that become clear and fresh in our minds 
maybe in a way that it hasn't before. Bless every aspect of our time together, and we'll thank you in the Savior's name. Amen. So now, more than ever, I would I would say that what is needed um, would be for God's men to stand in the pulpit and declare, thus saith the Lord. Um, now is not the time for us to shrink away from biblical truth. Um, now is the time for us to be bold in our proclamation of God's word in order for men and women to be reconciled back to him. I mean, the answer for all of this is simply this, the gospel. The gospel is what will transform hearts. The gospel is what will change men and women's lives. They'll ch- it, it, the gospel changes hearts. And as a result of having hearts changed, um, therefore you will have minds changed. Um, legislating morality doesn't fix it, doesn't help, doesn't make anything better. It, it actually, legislating government trying to change people's lives doesn't work. Um, it ends up in dictatorships. Um, what has to happen is there has to be a heart transformation in order for there to be a life transformation. So how's that done? I've said this multiple times. Jesus Christ has to be our focal point. He has to be the one who is the end all, be all, um, period. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. Like this has to be the mindset that we live in. That has this has to be um, where we where we go. We don't we can't allow the philosophies of this world and the and the mindsets of government. First John two tells us this whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going. So, like, this is the world in which we live right now. Like, I I need us to understand something. That Jesus created all of us. He created every last single human being. You were made by God. I was made by God. And regardless of our skin color, we are the image bearers of God. We, we carry with us the Imago Dei, the, the image of God. And, and for us to claim, regardless of skin color, color, whether you're red, yellow, black, or white, doesn't matter. If, if you claim a superiorness because of your skin color, you're walking in the darkness. You're not walking in light. You're walking in darkness, period. Christ has given us the answer. I love what Vodibachum said about race classification. Let's listen to this. This is phenomenal. Racial classifications are not real classifications. There is but one race. 
there's virtually no genetic difference between us. By the way, if we were not of the same race, we couldn't reproduce with one another. There is one race. We have the same original parents. Amen? Amen. We're multiple ethnicities, but one race. And the racial distinctions between us are arbitrary distinctions based on certain features that we have, but not based on real differences. They are arbitrary. And sometimes we see these when the Hutus and the Tutsis experience genocide in Rwanda. People look at that and we go, well, I, I don't get that. These people look the same to me. Do you realize that the genetic difference between the Hutus and the Tutsis is small, but the genetic difference between white people and black people is almost as small. But the difference between Jew and Gentile was established by God himself and was not arbitrary, but real. Do you know what that means? If God can reconcile those who have real and God-ordained distinctions between them, he can certainly reconcile people who have arbitrary and artificial differences and distinctions between them. If that doesn't move you, I don't know what else can. There is no race classification between any of us. We're all made in the image of God. And that is the answer. The answer is that Jesus is the foundational person that we are in. And so you say, Caleb, what's the, what's the answer to, to the dilemmas of the world in which we live? There's an old song. Um, it's a hymn. It's called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And, and that song can give us hope it gives us the answer to get our eyes off of ourselves get our eyes off of our circumstances get our eyes off of who we are and get our eyes on Christ look at Jesus he's the the one who matters he's the one who has all authority all power all strength he's the one we're to look to so as we end the program today that I just feel that that's fitting for us to play this song um, I selected uh, a group called Shane and Shane that they they would uh, sing this as I pulled this audio. And I wanted you guys just to, I pray it encourages you and gives you the strength to walk through this week.
love you all. Thank you so much for taking a few moments this weekend to just reflect on the goodness of God and to know that he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And he is the one that we need to look to. And 
all of our struggles in life, all of our problems in life would would cease to to exist if we just got our eyes off of ourselves and got our eyes on Christ. And I believe that will be the deciding factor for all of us. So I love you all. I, I pray that the Lord blesses you and keeps you this week. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of a Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.